everyone, it's Roger and James here from the What's On Disney Plus podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about all of this week's Disney Plus news, including the cancellation of Turner and Hooch. Um, Hawkeye views being down, we're also going to be talking a little bit more about some recent surveys. Plus, we've got lots of reviews, we've got lots of things to talk about. We're going to be talking about Hawkeye, we're talking about um, Welcome to Earth, we've also got Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Christmas again, Last Jewel, loads of bits and pieces to talk about. So before we do any of that, quick bit of housekeeping. And now, what, obviously we are at the end of the year, and that means that it's generally the time when we start doing like our best of the year stuff. I have launched our sort of proper awards, so you can, what you can do is if you head over to whatsondisneyplus.com, you'll find a link on the side. You click it up, bring up a survey, and it asks you what's your favorite um, movie, what's your favorite series, what's your favorite short, what's your favorite documentary. There's also some star stuff in there as well. Yeah, and just complete the form and submit it, and then you'll have picked your votes in. You can vote as many times as you like, um, and that'll be running right through till Christmas Day, and I'm going to be taking the results in on the 26th, ready for the end, end of the year. So you've got a few weeks, you can vote as much as you like. Um, but yeah, so that's as we're going into the end of the year, as we can tell if you are watching with the whole Christmas background. Um, yeah, so that's that. Um, also a bit of housekeeping, if you haven't already done so, make sure you do go um, check us out on on the website, you can also favorite us and you can bookmark us, join our mailing list, etc. And you can find us on podcasts and video platforms like YouTube and Spotify. So make sure you subscribe there. Big thank you and um, for all of the support of our patrons and YouTube channel members, which help keep all the lights on, keep everything paid, etc. They include Sarah, thank you very much for being a platinum member. We've also got Andrew, Elliot, Jacob, Caleb, Red Mars Man, Aero, Andrew, Cody, Darren, and Lauren, while over on the YouTube. So big hello and thank you to uh, Bobba Trolling. We've got Dave, Diona, CBBC Reborn, Adam, uh, Mamoud. We've also got Ben, Raphael, J Blue, my VCR still works, Bina, Joshua. Dawn, Martin, Jeremy, and Sarah. So again, a big thank you for all of your support. We'll be back tomorrow with another live Q&A on Sunday nights. Um, didn't do it last week, did a pre-recorded one, because if you'd seen us recording the podcast, you'd realize why, because the amount of times I had to flip. So luckily, I'm feeling a lot better, so it should be a little bit less this week. So let's jump into it, James. So, um, so we'll go through some of the some of the, um, the bits of news. The, the kind of the big one really was that um, Turner and Hooch is not going to be returning for a second season. This was confirmed by two of the actors in the series. So up first we had um, Brendan J. McLaren. Um, he said um, when someone asked him, he, he, they said they were waiting for season two of Turner Hooch to be announced, and he said, "Don't hold your breath, you'll die," which I thought was a pretty pretty safe idea of saying, um, you know. That's not coming back. And then also our Reginald Vale Johnson, who was in the original movie as well. Um, he also um, spoke to comicbook.com and he said, well, as far as I know, they're trying to sell it to another network or something like that. That's what I heard. But as of now, it's not going to be picked up. I don't think it was fun to do. And working with the actors was great fun. And I hope whatever they decide to do with it, I'm okay. It's okay. I was enjoying doing the sequel and hopefully we will have some time to do it again. But if not, I was glad for the experience. Um, which I think definitely kind of says, you know, that this one's done. What did you think of this one? Yeah, uh, not unexpected news. I don't think Turner and Hooch uh, performed as well as they wanted it to. And obviously, both of us were looking forward to it, and we ended up being pretty negative on it. Yeah, it's a bit of a funny one, because I know, like, with us, I mean, we, you know, um, it was quite funny. There was a few people had commented, on, going, yeah, we know you two didn't like it, because you said it all the time. And it's like, I, there's a lot of people that are actually have been really vocal about this fact that it's being cancelled. 
Um, a lot of people saying they really enjoyed it. They liked watching it with their kids. They liked watching it with their grandparents. It was a kind of a nice family-friendly show that they could all watch together. But it was that kind of thing. Of like they liked it, and you know, there wasn't you know there wasn't violence. There wasn't any sex or anything like that. But at the same time, there was this general theme of going, "Oh, it was very safe. It was very you know." And it's like there is a market for that, but at the same time, safe and sort of. I would say this was essentially a vanilla ice cream show. Nice, fine. But doesn't do anything and therefore you know it is that thing of it didn't move the needle it obviously didn't have the views to um warrant them spending any more money on it um like we said you know there were some parts of it that i i enjoyed the series in some ways and then sometimes i didn't um i kind of felt like at the beginning when it was doing the the parody stuff i wasn't so keen and then the first few episodes when we got into like the serious side of things started to pick up and i remember saying to you oh i've started watching again and i'm enjoying it and then it just like fizzled out because they were just taking so long to get they didn't get anywhere um so i completely understand why this one's gone i mean in actual fact this is like the, one of the first like disney shows that have not been sort of picked up for a second season we've already seen uh, mysterious benedict society big shot and mysterious uh sorry um, the mighty ducks i'm gonna be honest i'm surprised um if that mighty duck second season happens you know we don't know but um with everything going on with emilio estevez but for me Turner and Hooch, it's like, yeah, you had 12 episodes, you tried, it it just, it didn't really kind of, I don't know, it just, for me, it's like, I can see why it just, it's, they haven't picked up. The idea of selling it to another network is like, I can't see them selling it to another streaming service because they're making it themselves and they would have to give the rights over for the previous seasons. They might try and put it onto, I don't know, I mean, the Disney, but that ultimately Disney is still paying to make it. But I think the actors, by the looks of it, have all like checked out and they're gone. See, the funny thing here is that I think it being a safe show, I don't disagree with that at all, um, it probably would have done better in traditional broadcast than it would have mm -hmm. done on streaming because the expectations are a little bit different. Uh, you put it in a, a safe time split, mm -hmm. uh, like maybe right after school or in that, that range, you probably will get people coming home from school, turning it on. Uh, it's the show they watch before the parents make them play, do their homework or something like that. It would have done just fine. Obviously, uh, again, not accounting for... For the, the state of the world with COVID and all that, mm -hmm. but streaming probably didn't do it any favors because it's it's not the show that you sit down and oh it's three o'clock in the morning and the new shows are arriving let's watch Turner and Hooch as opposed to say Hawkeye or Loki or something like that. Um, it would have been interesting to see if if they had put it on Disney Channel instead of Disney Plus from the beginning if it might have done better. Also, um, it, it needed more of a an arc to the story yeah. than it had if, it, if it's going to be on the streaming service. And again, there is nothing wrong with safe. Uh, this will actually come up in a couple of the reviews later mm. in the uh, in the episode. But it, it's not just that it was safe. It was, it didn't really have a message at all. Even safe yeah. shows typically have some sort of theme to them. And the theme I mean, of this I, one was yeah. just funny dog chewing up mm. all the things. Nobody trusts the dog. And then, oh yeah, the dog was right at the end all along, you know. But even the dog bits were getting less and less. Right. You know, they, it, the dog was becoming less and less part of the show, which was like, uh, he's actually the main reason we're here. Um, I I think, like, you know, there's been a, there was a few suggestions of, like, you know, like the love the love triangle and the thing, and the people going, oh, well, they done it in other shows, like Friends and stuff, where they stretched it out for seasons, and that's what they were doing here. So, yeah, but there's only so many times they can look at each other. There was just nothing actually kind of, you know, there was no kind of will there, you know, I don't know. I just, I just, for me, like I said, I, I wasn't a fan, a huge fan of the show. 
by the end of season, I think I gave it a bit of a better view at the beginning because I enjoyed some of it. But by the end of it, it's like, yeah, no, this is definitely in the territory of of it gone. I know some people have been saying like, well, Disney haven't officially announced. Disney don't actually ever announce anything's cancelled. It just kind of fizzles. You know, they never will put out a press release saying we've cancelled something. <laughs> so it's you know, it doesn't tend to happen like that though. And ultimately, as well, if you've got this, you've got that money to spend. You're better off spending it on something that's going to do results. Um, they tried it. I still think they got lost mid-season. Um, like I said, you know, those first three episodes when I mean that second episode really did like die hard. I mean, that yeah, just the, it just was completely out of context of the rest of the season. Uh, not just out of context, but it, it's totally tonally different. Yeah. I mean, Die Hard is a is an R action movie, and you're trying to do it on this, and your target audience is probably in like the ten to twelve year old age. Mm. As much as we may talk about Die Hard as like one of the best Christmas movies and all, I'm probably not showing it to a ten year old. They're not going to get yeah. what we're watching here. It's funny as well. Die Hard just got added to Disney yeah, Plus yesterday in the UK. Um, so they even Disney even sent like a press release from like with a load of stuff and facts about the. They were re they're really proud of this one. <laughs> like the ultimate uh, Christmas movie. They're they're proud of that one being on there. But I, I think again with yeah, honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it this week. Um, I'll watch it just not on Disney Plus because it's not on Disney yeah. Plus over here. No, it's it is it is. I think just like with the whole thing of Turner and Hooch, it, it, I. I understand why people are upset. You know, if you enjoyed the series, you'd like it to come back. But for me, I'm like, no, you tried it. You get 12 episodes. You did a good, you tried. Let's, put the, let's just go and try something else. I mean, I never really liked the idea even when they announced that they were going to reboot it because it was a bit like, well, it, it was a nice movie and I, it was one of my favorites as a kid, but where can you go with it? And I think that was of trying to recapture it and trying to make it a sequely, but they didn't, ha you know, without Tom Hanks, it was just never going to, Go there. That that was the big one. If you're going to continue this franchise, you need the reason uh, that people remember it in the first place, which is Tom yeah. Hanks. Obviously yeah. the dog, but this was 20 years ago. It's going to be a different dog no matter what. Uh, actually, it's, what, 40 years ago at this point? It's a long time. <laughs> yes, in it's event, gonna, yeah. In, in any event, without Tom Hanks, you lose the main draw of it mm. being Turner Hook. Now, if they had done this as a, a buddy cop show with a person mm. and a dog and had no connection to Turner and Hooch at all and not tried to, to hammer that in there, uh, it, it might have actually done better because they might have been hamstrung by having to keep referencing the original movie. Because mm. I, I also, I like, I like really enjoy the, the relationship between, like, um, I think it was Xander, you know, when they brought in his, like, mentor to kind of help him and... I thought that would work fine, um, but as a whole, yeah, it was it was a nice, solid show. But unfortunately, it's time for Disney. They're they're moving on from that one there. Yeah, I, right. I think it is worth worth pointing out before we move on to the next one. Um, even though you know neither of us ended up being like super fond of the show or happy with it, or or, yeah. or other things like Timmy Failure or, yeah. or Home Sweet Home Alone or things like that, we're never rooting for a show to go no. away. If they had come in and said we're going to do season two of Turner Hooch, would be like. Yeah, season one wasn't that great, but awesome. We are so happy that you guys are getting a second one. Uh, we did that with Mighty Ducks. and like, Mighty Ducks season one was kind of junk, but cool. They're bringing a second one. We're happy for you guys. Yeah, um, and also as well, I, you know, I also would be hoping that they would have fixed it. That that would have been ultimately what I'd have liked with Turner and Se Turner Hoot season two was, okay, guys, can you like fix some of the issues? It might become a better show, but it's hard getting people back in. Hard to get people back in another time. Right, let's shift now. Let's now talk about another brand new show. So now let's talk about um, Hawkeye. So um, apparently, according to some stats that came out from, we're seeing here, from Samba TV, 
They are stating that 1.5 million US households watched the Hawkeye premiere over the first five days. Um, adding on to that, um, it was about just under 200,000 for the UK, 63,000 for Germany, and 10,000 households for um, Australia. I also like to say as well, when they say households and subscriber packages, um, it's like, well, if you've got one of you, three of you, five of you on your account, um, how many times is, you know, I mean, I know for like Hawkeye, at least three people watched that series uh, episode. So therefore, you know, you, I, you could easily like quadruple, I would say, maybe the numbers of the amount of people watching the actual. So it might, it might be much higher than I've actually watched it. Um, but that's how many people watched it. Um, a little bit down, one point. It, everyone was a little bit down on the second episode. They lost about um, 0.2 of a million in the US, a little bit less, only about 3,000 in, in everywhere else. But a massive drop off from Loki, because Loki debuted to 2.5 million US households back in June. And yeah, so that's a big drop off from, uh, from, from that one. And I, there's so many reasons why I could think of it. Um, Thanksgiving has to be a big one. I mean, I know, you know, there's the idea of a lot of you are at home and you can watch it and you're much more likely to watch it because you're home. But if you're traveling, maybe you've not spent, you know, especially with last year when people didn't get to see their families, um, they might have been much more inclined not to do it this year. Um, that's one issue. Second issue as well, um, two episodes. So, you know, did people, and also it's just, it's Hawkeye. Hawkeye is just, he is the, I mean, they joke about it even in the musical in the first episode about him being the, un, you know, the one that no one really kind of remembers. On, I mean, he, there's a standing joke right through the finger. The idea he's invisible. No one knows what he looks like. People don't recognize him. Yeah, it, there's a lot of different reasons for this. And it. I think the last one is actually honestly the most likely one there is that people just aren't as excited for Hawkeye as they are for Loki or WandaVision or things like that. Uh, the other factor I might toss in there, I don't have any real data to back it up one way or another, is uh, people might be waiting for Boba Fett to come out. Uh, people mm. who are waiting on their subscription and then they will watch yeah. uh, Hawkeye at that point. Like Boba Fett's a much bigger draw. People mm. will be wanting to sit down and then when they've got that episode, they'll they'll go back and watch other things. Mm. But yeah, it, it's definitely a drop off. There's a lot of factors in it. And yeah. Honestly, yeah. I obviously it's disappointing, but not really surprising and i say that uh so far having loved the series it's actually my favorite of the marvel series so far but it's yeah i mean we're gonna yeah i mean we're gonna do a breakdown of the episode a little bit later in, um in the podcast um because we're gonna go into spoilers now but it's important to note as well it was down on the falcon and the winter soldier and it was also down on one division and i also i've got to put this down to you know we have had a buffet of marvel this year you know we were on now to our fourth live action series we've also had what if we also had some other series as well. We've had Modoc, we've had Hitmonkey. Um, here in the UK, we had Hellstrom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't get hit. We didn't get Hitmonkey. Hit but then we've also had Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals. You know, and it's like, you know, you can the last year, we got nothing. And then this year, we got all of this. And I do have to think, like, I, the importance of the show. I think, like, Loki was also this kind of thing of, this show is going to be so important. This show is so um big and it's going to change the marvel universe and i also you know i gotta be honest, tom hiddleston is a much and loki's a much more interesting character and actor than um jeremy renner he, i really don't you know i've seen him in all these movies but I, he's never really been 
you know, I've seen him in like what was it, I think some of the um, Mission Impossible movies, but I really don't remember much of. He's, he's not as charismatic as like Tom Hiddleston, or I would even say like you know when we had like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you know, you they had a they had like a there's excitement about that show. Um, I think more of the excitement's been about bringing in um, Haley uh, Seinfeld, and I've been really enjoying her in, as whole Kate Bishop. Um, but yeah, I'm I, like I said, I'm enjoying the show. I'm, I'm just I was a little bit like, hmm. but the interesting thing is, is how many more people are watching it globally? Because we don't have the numbers for that. You know, Disney might be there going, yeah, you guys were saying less people watched it, but actually, statistically, more people watched it because more people got Disney Plus. I- I would have to think if that were true or if they, they could provide those numbers, they That's would have. Yeah. Um, they might be sitting on it till the end of the series where they can just mm. go, these are the the global numbers, releases, et cetera, et cetera. But um, the fact that they, they're did. not yeah. out there going, yeah, okay, it's a lower U.S. launch, but look at all the people watching it in England. Look at all the people watching it in, in the Asian regions. Yeah. Like, uh, they're, they're not doing that in that kind of – because Disney is never – Never one to kind of hide their successes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Works. They only ever. This is the big thing. I mean, there's a lot of discussion about like viewership numbers and stats not being released, and how they count it and what they count and how they can. And yeah, it's it is very tricky. But I I think this series is going to continue to build up with momentum so as people kind of because I think like the trailer and stuff. Um, it wasn't as it wasn't as hotly anticipated. You know, you could tell that going into it. Um, with people talking about it, people are excited about it, but we're in an eternal Spider-Man sandwich, and it's like you know the excitement right now over Marvel is over Spider-Man because there's just a lot more um, buzz about that movie. I mean, because it's just shrouded in like mystery, and and I feel like Hawkeye's starting to get into that territory. With, you know, Mysterio was it Mister Foe? I'm sure he's going to pop up at some point, but um, Mephisto, yeah. yeah. He's going to turn up and everything, but yeah. So generally, as a whole, um, Hawkeye viewership is down a little bit, but in the long run, you know, things might all work out. Right. So I wanted to make one last point. Uh, right at the beginning of this, you mentioned like how do you measure viewership hours versus households versus etc. Um, actually, going to advertise one of our competitors here. What's on Netflix actually did a write up on yeah. on this earlier this week. Uh, so what's on Netflix.com? Go check it. It's a very interesting analytical Yeah, it was the... He's actually um, the entertainment strategy guy. He's a really good person to follow for going through all the numbers and stuff on, on everything. Hulu, Disney, he really gets into the numbers. I'm, I, yeah, I must admit, I do read his stuff as well. Very, very in-depth. He, he does a lot of technical analysis. Definitely mm. worth reading, even if you don't have Netflix subscription. Hmm. Right, let's shift now. Let's shift to um, some more stats. <laughs> we're doing some maths, math stuff today. Um, so a new survey was revealed by a Variety VIP, um, and this was done by Media Whip, and they asked, this was through their um, an, an app that they US TV time. I think it was around about seven, 800 people that were voting. Yeah, so 700 people. So, I mean, it's not a bad size, but I'd like a little bit of a bigger um, audience. I mean, we could probably do that, you know, much higher than that if I just put that in our Facebook group. Um, so according to the to their survey, 53% of survey respondents felt that Disney Plus has enough content to keep them entertained daily. Now, 53%? All right. However, 20% of them said that they didn't feel like there was anything for them to watch on Disney Plus daily, which I will admit that when it was Disney Plus like minus star back earlier this year, 
I would tend to only drop in on the Fridays when we used to have new content. That was the standard thing that we would do. You know, you drop fire up Disney Plus on Friday, binge through all the new stuff, and then I probably would not, not jump back into it once or twice, maybe in the things. But now I will admit I go in there daily and watch stuff. But um, what about you? Yeah, I was just going to add on, like, we'd binge through stuff on Friday, and we'd be done by Friday night. It's yeah. like there was a huge amount of stuff to do. <laughs> um, <Not> life. <laughs> yeah, so, so bringing the, the American perspective on this, because obviously this is going to dial right down to that ongoing Hulu yeah. Star Plus yeah. thing. Um, yeah, no, uh, even now, even with a lot more content coming on this week, we had, like, three things drop that I watched, yeah. plus stuff last week. I, I'm only in... Disney Plus normally two days a week and and even then for only a few hours at a time at most. Uh, obviously, if you're in a household with kids, with, with mm -hmm. young kids, I could see you just kind of throwing it on and, and Frozen 2 is on loop for, for eight hours straight. Yeah. But I think most people in our situation are just like, yeah, we turn it on for, for Hawkeye, we turn it on for The Mandalorian, and then it sits until yeah. the next one is out. Yeah. Definitely, definitely agree on that one. According to the data, so 63% of surveys respondents agreed that the notion that they'd watch much more Disney Plus if they offered more content targeted at adults. Now, I'm going to come into this as the Brit the, with the adult content in our Disney Plus and say, I'm watching a lot more on there. I'm in there daily. I'm in there, you know, last night I watched The Last Jewel. The night before, you know, during the days I've been like watching How I Met Your um, Mother. I think I've also been watching a little bit of New Girl. Plus, I've been watching some other bits of that have been dropping onto Disney Plus throughout the week. My wife is regularly going in there. Binge. She's, she's got a couple of shows on the go that she's watching for all times. Um, my parents are in there as well, like using it. So I, I definitely will say that. Yeah, it, 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 you will use it more. You just, it just, it's just there. Um, I mean, we watched Dope Sick on Wednesday night as well together. You know, it's just we. You know, there's a lot of stuff that we've been watching in there. Um. Disney has a wide range of content aimed at audiences on Hulu, but according to the survey, over 50% of them said they'd watch Disney Plus more if it included free access to Hulu originals like The Hands Made Tale and Solar Opposites. Now, uh, my wife has been watching Hands Made Tale because it's on Amazon over here, and I love Solar Opposites, so I can definitely agree with that. So I kind of find it quite interesting. Like 50, over 50% of people were like, you know, if you've got this stuff on there, that means they want to watch it, you know, they do want to have access to it, um, which is understandable. I think they just generally along the lines of, they just want more content on there. But then you're going to look at the, maybe 49, 48, 47% of people were like, nope, keep it as it is. Because we get that a lot in our Facebook group. Um, when this conversation comes up, there's a lot of, there's a lot of adults that they like it as a kid's version because they pop their kids in front of it and they don't have to worry about it. And that's become the standard of what they expect with Disney Plus, And they don't want it to change because they like it. And, you know, there is this counterbalance of what they've got to do. I mean, obviously, internationally, they had to deal with this last year. And they, you know, I think they, you know, they obviously, it worked. But in the U.S., there is a different audience. You know, there, there are differences um, in regional stuff. And, um, but there is definitely this growing trend going towards the idea that Disney Plus is going to have to up its game. I mean, I literally just wrote an article and popped it up today. was, you know, the top 10 things... I have improvements I'd like to be made onto Disney Plus. One of them was that. And one of the things I did state there as well was not necessarily that they even have to go up into like Deadpool and the strain and things like that. Maybe just start using the 14 a little bit more. Start pushing, like there's some documentaries, for example, here on National Geographic. 
you know, about World War Two, about 911, about um, like drugs and science and stuff, which aren't on Disney Plus in the United States because the topic is too mature. I mean, it's only rated a 12, but they're not on there. You know, you could push the boundaries with putting on, you know, TV PG 13, like, you know, PG 12, you know, 12, Modern Family, you know, go, uh, what the Wonder Years, the Goldbergs. You could be putting family friendly shows on there. And that would, I would think, would encourage more adult use. And that's not necessary because I think the trouble is whenever anyone says, like, I want more mature content, a load of people's mind goes straight to rated R, TV's 18, you know, f- you know, f- just filth kind of stuff. And they go, I don't want that stuff on there. So my kids like going, well, hold on. It's like, Keen, Dope Sick is, um, deals with adult themes, but it's not, um, you know, it's like, you know, there is that difference of what it is of like, no, a lot of it is actually more and like with documentary stuff. No six, seven year old kids going to sit there and watch a documentary about World War Two in black and white. You know, they're not going to be, but they're being taught about it at school. So, you know, it'd be much more interesting for them to learn. I don't know. I, I do keep thinking of like, you know, they could push the boundary a little bit more. Um, it was actually interesting. Um, got highlighted by someone. Um, they'd come over from Brazil or something over to the UK. And they couldn't watch the Beatles because what it is is over here. The Beatles is is rated sixteen plus. The Beatles get back once it's rated at sixteen plus. They came from Latin America where their account won't go past the fourteen plus. So it wouldn't actually show them the Beatles because in the US you've they've had to like basically disable the um, rating for it because it wouldn't fit within Disney Plus in the United States or Latin America. And it was like something like so simple as one of their biggest titles has pushed the boundaries a little bit. It's pushed it a bit. You know, we're getting... And The Rescue, I think, was pushing the boundaries a little bit because that was a TV-14 documentary. We had Fauci recently as well. Um, But then tomorrow, for example, here in like the UK and in Australia, we're getting The First Wave, which is um, a documentary all about COVID. You know, they are pushing a little bit more, but why is that not in the US? Because, you know, it's the condemned too mature. Yeah, uh, a couple of things there. First... I was definitely the kid who would be watching the World War II in black and white on the History Channel back when History Channel actually did uh, history documentaries. Granted, that was more like uh, early teenage years. Not you mean years. not just doing um, raids into um, warehouses for stock? Yeah, no, pretty much. Um, <laughs> but the other thing was, uh, I'm reminded of when when uh, Star Plus was first kind of being rumored, not yeah. even announced, but we yeah. were talking about it and we're like mature content. We always had to qualify. Like when we're saying mature content, we're not talking like blood and guts. We're not talking aliens and predator and and nudity and all this stuff. No, we're, we're just talking about stuff that adults will enjoy, stuff like burn notice or um, the ex of the gifted mm. uh, shows like that, where it's like it's not for kids. It's not horribly bloody and, and uh, uh, you know, meant for, for that kind of thing. It's just, no, we, we want something that's a little bit more mature than, you know, Mickey's Clubhouse, right? Yes. But people do love to skew that argument so much. Uh, yeah, it, it yeah. Yeah, I think you know, there's this constant kind of thing of, um, and I'm actually, I'm actually just, I'm just going to do a little bit of a test. Um, so I'm just going to literally just, I'm making a little bit of a profile set up that is specifically for 14 plus. I'm just going to go in here and just make a little adjustment just to show off like what, you know, what could happen if you had like star, 
but your rating was a little bit less. If I would drop it down to 14 plus. So this is just a little bit more. Um, so this is what like you we could get on Disney Plus in the US with, with just a 14 rated. Now instantly, Pearl Harbor, McCartney's 321, Summer of Soul, you know, because this is, you know, um, free guy. Yeah. You know, free guy. You've got the day after tomorrow. You've got a little, you know, look at this here. Modern Family, Scrubs. You know, this, the Golden Girls. This would, even like Desperate Housewives, Grey's Anatomy, all family, yeah. are technically, even Family Guy here. I mean, because it's rated only 14 plus. So this is that difference of Disney is supposed to be able to go up to 14 plus, but this is what they could do. But it's not. You know, they, you know, there, you know, there's nothing on here which a 14 year old is not, is not would be deemed not inappropriate for a 14 year old to watch, which is still a child. <laughs> that's a, no, and I think not. that's and that's and that's ultimately. I mean, I know they got the diehard collection here, but you see, it won't let me watch it. You know, it's interesting that they still put it up even though it's got no content in it for the 14 year olds. Yeah, I think it's because it was a collection rather than right. um, than how it works. Yeah, I think I think that might be something that they need to fix, though. If it, if the collection yeah. is empty at this rating, it probably shouldn't show up at all. No, but you know, you it, this is this again. This would be like what I would say they could push the boundaries for by just going up to, up to fourteen and really. But then you might probably be along the lines of I think like once you start seeing this again, you might as well just go the full hog and just pop it in there. But you can push. You know, you know, you got. You know, these kind of a big series that are all considered. I mean, I'm surprised that one come in there, but it's actually only a 12. You know, that's some a, of these F. Yeah, that's a Showtime show about like old time showgirls, isn't it? Yeah, like, I, I've never seen it. I, I, yeah, I've not, I've not seen it. But again, I'm just like, this was just a, a literally off the top experiment to show you what could happen if you just went to a 14 plus. Um, which does generally just. I'm looking at that 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 family stone icon alone. Yeah, it does. Kind of set people <laughs> off. It does, but it's so good. It's so good because it's not what you think it is. It's what you think no, it is. It, it's definitely not. It's the ring finger, but <laughs> it looks it, like it. it. <laughs> definitely, definitely caught my. I remember seeing that the other day. But yeah, that's just an example of how they could use like the 14 just to up Disney Plus without actually. Pushing it, but it's going to it's going to take a little bit of commitment, I think, from Disney to kind of get to that point. But yeah, so definitely a a way forward there. Right. Okay. Um. Couple of uh, let's see if we've got any other quick bits of news before we go any further. Apparently, the new movie Chang Can Dunk has finished production. That's coming to Disney Plus in 2023. So that's a new movie all about um, a kid that wants to dunk a football. Um, dunk a. Um, but not a football, I, a basketball. Oh, yeah, just, whatever. Just making sure. Just I, a ball. I, mean, I honestly wouldn't put it past them to do some sort of like parody genre where you're playing football on a basketball court or something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, this is sports. So there we go. Um, also, we got um, Only Murders in the Building is now filming in second season. That's now underway. Also, um, Cara Delevingne has joined the series, which is pretty, pretty interesting. Secrets of Sofa Springs is returning for a second season next year as well. Um, there are going to be batches dropping onto Disney Plus after they've aired on Disney um, Channel. They're not doing like the weekly thing that they did before. Um, also, been confirmed that Antlers is going to be coming to Disney Plus in Canada and sorry, in Australia and New Zealand on the fifteenth of um, December, as is Ron's Gone Wrong. Quite interesting what's going on out there with um, Australia with their advertising from Twentieth Century Studios. You're actually putting out they're putting out the trailers, and then it'll be like out 
December the 15th on digital DVD and Disney Plus. They're kind of, it's all being, Disney Plus is starting to be like encapsulated in with home video market of like, you know, because we've seen it with a few titles already, but it's like, you know, the relate the day it goes out on digital is when it goes out on Disney Plus. It's kind of Disney Plus is becoming the home video market, which I, I which is where we always thought it would go, but now it, it's, it seems to be lining up a little bit more in their strategy. Uh, they definitely accelerated their plans on that one. Yeah. Uh, worth pointing out that that does not mean premiere access, right? This just means it's going straight onto Disney+. Yeah, yeah, Plus, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, doesn't do anything I, of, of the kind for that. Um, it's like here, I just put a screenshot here of the advert. See here, December 15th, buy it now on Blu-ray and digital, stream it on Disney+. Plus. You know, they are literally incorporating it into... Um, into their home video plans, which I think is great. I think that's definitely, I think that's actually a good way of doing it, kind of incorporating it all into one night. I mean, when we think back to what Disney Plus was like in 2020, you know, 2019, 2020, before all the madness hit, you know, we were talking like eight to nine months sometimes between movies being released. That was how, I think people have forgotten that. <laughs> it was only two years ago, but it's, that was, you know, I think like Toy Story f- took like seven, eight months to get onto Disney Plus. I honestly forgot about Toy yeah. Story Four, um, yeah. but the, but yeah, then then they just dropped Frozen Two right at the beginning uh, as kind of a like yeah. you know, and um, I keep forgetting the name of it, but the Tom Holland um, oh uh, onward, onward yes that one where they're just like, well the office the box office is dead here you go have onward <laughs> so. yeah that was really and it was really annoying because us in the UK we didn't get it we had to wait because it it was still in it it hadn't uh, hit the cinema so they wouldn't do it. but yeah nevertheless so. That's a little bit of a few of the highlights. So let's now jump into some of the reviews. Um, okay, so let's talk off about Diary of a Wimpy Kid first. It was a brand new movie that dropped yesterday. Um, I had never read uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. They were too old. I was too old by the time it came out. I think it was like I was like 18, 19 when it came out. I've never seen the movies. I, I you know, they look, just look like generic kind of kid flicks that just didn't really appeal. Did never watch this? So I watched this one yesterday morning. Um. And it's like, I kind of watched them and I'm like, I see what they're doing here. I was like, I, I get this. I, I understand what this is now. I, you know, it's very much like there was a few little reminders of me at, high, at, at primary school, going up to high school and the differences between that. And I could relate to the character. I thought the, I actually thought Brad, um, I think it's Bradley Noon, who's the main voice of Greg. But he's actually also the main voice, he's the main person in the... Mighty Ducks. Mm. And I was like, I actually thought he was better in this than in the Mighty Ducks. I mean, yeah, he seemed a little bit more animated. It's, I don't know, just seen, uh, but I, I really thought, I, yeah, the animation's a little bit crude. It's a little bit basic. But, you know, they've already announced they're doing a second one. Roderick Rules is coming next year. They've got 16 books so far. He's the, you know, the, the Jeff guy is turning out books left, right, and center. Like, this is a way of keeping this franchise like, because the trouble is with the live action ones was by the time they did the first one and the fourth one, the actors had grown up so much that they go back and recast the actors. With animation, you don't really have that problem. You know, they can kind of stay where they are. They don't change. It looked like the book in terms of like the artwork that I've seen off the off the front. And I was like, this seems fine. I I thought it's perfectly acceptable. Um, I don't think I'd watch it again, but I know when Roderick Rules comes in, I'm gonna watch it. I'm I I could see my see myself like, you know, watching these movies. It it was a lot better than I was expecting. I don't I don't think my expectations were so low going into it, but I thought it was fine. What about you? Yeah, so this movie gave me anxiety. 
Um, <laughs> uh, it reminded me a lot of middle school. Uh, yeah. Uh, honestly, exaggerated still a bit. Like the whole cheese thing was, yeah. was I, I don't have any comparable experience to no. that. But uh, a lot of it, I was like, yeah, this this feels like middle school. So good job on, on recapturing that middle school feel. Uh, I never want to feel that again. I hated it the first time. I did not like it this time either. Uh, that's not um, that's not a point against the movie. It's doing yeah. exactly what it's supposed to. Um, my, my real complaint is that other than Roderick, uh, the the buddy character yeah there is not a single likable character in this show even the main character up until like the last five minutes is just a complete jerk throughout the entire well, he's self-centered oh, but that, that's authentic yeah. to middle schoolers i will grant them that completely 100 authentic to middle schoolers but at the same time just like i want to see you have to eat that cheese because you deserve it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought he, I thought it was pretty good in like how they did it, um, and it's that kind of thing, like you know, that age group, they are a little bit more, you know, they are selfish. They do get the, you know, and I thought that word because he wasn't being nasty about it, he, and he got a bit caught up in himself, and you know, he's trying to fit in, and he feels like his best mate is not helping, and you know, I, I mean, there's, it kind of felt a little bit like they were a bit disjointed in like. This problem to this problem to this problem to this. It could have been a series. It could have been like three or four separate episodes. I kind of feel like this would have been good to release maybe like six weeks ago before Halloween because there's a massive, great big Halloween subplot in here as well, rather than a Christmas subplot. Um, but yeah, I I, I thought it was perfectly fine. I, I really have got. It's the kind of thing like, other than I know there's nothing there's nothing wrong with it, and I, I it's, it's kind of it's you know it is that kind of thing like yeah it hit everywhere. I know some people were complaining about the length because it was quite short, under an hour, and I'm like, actually, no, that worked great, because it was like, it kept the um, momentum, Page pacing, going, yeah. it just, it finished when I was, you know, I wasn't bored, because when it ended, I'm like, okay, that's cool, that was great, good timing. Yeah, I, I thought it solid, I thought it was a nice, solid, animated movie, I've got no real issues with this one at all. Yeah, no, I actually really liked the run length on it, because it, it really felt like they had a story to tell, they told the story and they didn't try to pad it out. They didn't try to extend it by half an hour just, just for the sake of it. They're like, nope, we have the story done in 50 whatever minutes. All right, cool, move on, let's go. Mm -hmm. uh, because with this move towards streaming, obviously the box office is still a big deal, but you no longer really need to make the movie with the idea that you've got to keep people in seats for an hour yeah. and a half to two hours or longer uh, to make it worthwhile. If you're putting it directly on streaming and that's the plan, make it however long the story needs to be. Um, you know, within yeah. reason, let's not do get back again. We don't need seven and a half <laughs> hours of jam sessions. But, you know, if your story is done in 40 minutes, just finish it in 40 minutes. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely and just like, no, this is a good this is a good addition. And I'm I'm I feel like this is like this could be a few this would be a nice solid Disney Plus franchise for them to keep going with. Turn out one of eight these a year. Or maybe you know I don't know then go to two a year, but maybe you know one a year. Great, I think that'll be um, that, that's us set to the uh, twenty forty. <laughs> we'll be good for a while, and, and presumably there'll be more books uh, between them. Yeah. Um, like I said, I do have complaints with it, but I think this is a perfectly solid thing. Yeah. Um, and I think middle schoolers will be able, or people who maybe just got out of middle school too, will be able to relate to this a lot because it it does feel authentic even as cartoony as it gets at times yeah and i feel like it's like it's not it's like i know like disney of you know they you know the disney major movies like and the pixar maybe movies you know adults love watching them and this might not fall into that it's like 
there is a market for this, you know, and it's like, don't, you know, and it's like, no, it's perfectly fine for what it was. Um, shifting gears, let's now talk about an entirely different movie, which um, dropped onto Disney Plus here in the UK and was The Last Jewel. This one came out in cinemas about six weeks ago, and we just literally just hit the 45-day window. It's coming out in Australia and New Zealand on Disney Plus on Wednesday next week. Don't yet know about the Canada release. It's a little bit messy over there. Um, you rented it as well. Um, I watched it last night. Um, again, 18 plus. So this is where the you know the, the 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 age bracket comes in. I thought it was okay. There was a lot of good scenes of it, like the action scenes of like the you know the the the, the big major jewel at the end. I thought was great. I really enjoyed that. There's some few um, other things that went on, um, like battles and stuff between them. But I didn't like the triple story from the three different um, side points of view. It kind of got a little bit like. Uh, did we need it? It was a bit stretched out. We talk about like too long. This was a movie that was a little bit too long. They could have that whole telling the story from three different sides. You know, obviously, like um, I'm trying to think of the, I couldn't even remember any of the names of the characters. But um, yeah, Jodie Comer's character from her side obviously is a lot more different than from um, Adam Driver's. It's a very, it is a very brutal um, storyline. I mean, it's, I mean. You know, it was not what I was expecting. I didn't go into this thinking, you know, that it was all going to be about basically a rape trail it, trial. It was not what I was expecting at all. It's very dark. It's it's pretty brutal. Um, yeah, it was. I I'm glad I've seen it. I'm never going to watch this ever again. Um, it it was it was a little bit too long. It, but it looked, you know, it, it, you know, it's got some big. I mean, it's got some pretty big actors and stuff. You know, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon. I'm glad I've seen it. But I can see why this maybe didn't do so well at the box office. It's it's a pretty, you know, the fact they don't even really talk about what the actual story, the main story is in in the in the trailer or in the description is because if they said that, you probably just wouldn't watch it. it it's I'm glad it's on there. I'm glad I've watched it. Um, it's a very well made movie, but um, yeah, it's, it's not the most comfortable of viewings. No, th this is not a, a happy action flick by any stretch of the imagination. I, I also did not know uh, about certain events because they, they didn't advertise for squat. So no. when, when Adam Driver is getting into that scene that you referenced, I was like, oh, oh, they're doing this. Okay. Yeah. I, it yeah. was really, really hard to watch. In fact, I did yeah. turn away at several points. Um, it, this is not a, a happy, comfy movie. No. Um, that said, I, I think they did a very good job with it. Uh, you can definitely see Ridley Scott's hand in this. Mm -hmm. um, I discovered after the fact why Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are in this, because that was something we were talking about before it came yeah. out. Like, what are these guys doing this? They wrote the movie, uh, All right. uh, which I found out afterwards. I'm like, okay, they wrote it. So they, they, they put themselves into it. I probably would have recast them though, uh, but... Yeah, but Damon did fine. Ben Affleck was was he seemed he seemed a bit out of place. Mm -hmm. Um, I also, in some way, it would have made, made it might have been a bit more interesting had like Adam Driver been his Ben's character and like they merged the two together because I don't think you needed the two together. But I, yeah, I think that uh, from what I read, Adam Driver's character was supposed to be Ben Affleck's character originally, yeah. and then he stepped aside because he had um, shooting conflicts with another movie. Yeah. And I think they might have just created Ben Affleck's character so he would still be in the movie. Yeah. Uh, so it's entirely possible he was originally like this one character, and then it's like, yeah. uh, just, just slice this part off, and that's Ben Affleck now, uh, which yeah. is actually really weird when you think about it, but not the only time that yeah. kind of thing happens. No, but uh, and that, I, again, yeah. Sorry. Um, 
the the actual duel i just wanted to mention this yeah. you, you referenced it the duel itself is fantastic that yeah. was a really really it's well shot it's intense you have no idea where it's going to go because no. normally when you get to the end of the movie you're like oh the hero is going to win it's going to be a hard fight but the hero is going to win and and this one through the entire thing i'm like i have no idea who's going to win this thing yeah. this is incredible and I just thought Matt Damon with the scar and stuff. He just, he just, and the the, the, the mullet and all the way. He, he just, yeah, very interesting movie. Glad I've watched it, but I'm never going to watch it again. Um, and yeah, it's um, okay. This is, you know, this is the difference of these movies coming out. Um, I think not net or net. Well, in, we've got. I'm trying to think what service we've got. Um, Ron's Gone Wrong is two weeks' time, I think, is the next big um, movie release. Um, did you happen to watch The Rescue this week, or did you not? Because I, I obviously I spoke about it last week. I did not. I um, I didn't see it on my bar at all. Uh, was it supposed to be on Hulu on this set? Or was it no, it's on Disney Plus this week. I, it came on to Disney Plus. I don't know. It must have glitched. Actually, I had a couple of glitches this mm. week. So I did not see it in the What's New banner. I also yeah. did not see Dire, uh, no, sorry, did see Dire, the Wimpy Kid, but they had the wrong icon for it. They had yeah. the live action one, they fixed that. Um, and then uh, the Christmas one that we'll talk about after yeah. this uh, did not show up. I had to actually go and search yeah. for it and I would not have if you hadn't mentioned it. Uh, when the rescue didn't show up, I was like, oh, that's, that just must be next yeah. week, so. Yeah, the rescue, I, I mean, what I, happened this week, it was weird. Yeah. Well, I, we weren't, obviously, because we spoke about the rescue last week, but I, if I've got to say, haven't listened to last week's episode, please watch The Rescue, one of the best documentaries of the year, all about um, saving um, a football team of kids that got trapped in a cave and they had to get a load of um, British divers to fly out to Thailand to rescue them. Incredible documentary. It's really good. Um, just great stuff. So, again, that's that's a really good, nice documentary to watch. Uh, and on a good note, it's, 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 it, um, I, I was, it was a really good documentary. I, like I said. Yeah, to be honest, I, I do really want to see that documentary. Mm. Um but if if the kids had not made it, you know, oh. in in real life, I'd be like, nope, no, 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 I do not need to see how these guys failed at this. So, um, yeah, I I did want to see it. Um, Disney, I, I don't know what was up with your new bar, but it was weird. To see. No, it's odd. Let's shift gears and we're going to be talking now about Christmas again, a brand new Disney Channel original movie, which um, they did this one great, released on Disney Plus and on the Disney Channel on the same day. Hallelujah. They finally, finally did what we needed them to do, which I think is perfect because I think this is exactly the kind of thing that they need to do more of. And also, this has got a very short window. You know, they've only got like four, three, four weeks to get the views in. I watched this one earlier in the week. I did have a little bit earlier access, so I was able to watch it. Um, I thought this was a really kind of like really nice Walmart kind of Christmas movie. You know, the girl gets kind of stuck in a loop doing the like the uh, the the Groundhog Day, where she keeps doing Christmas over and over again, because she's essentially she's getting used to the idea that her dad's got a new um, partner, and the, the the Christmas is not the way it used to be, and she's harping back to how it used to be. I mean, we're talking like two years, you know, because she's I mean, she must I think she's only like twelve or something like that, and it's all about her coming to learn to deal with to accept that um, things have changed, to accept the new family, you know, that that they do actually care. You know, they're like a little, you know, that little thing of like going, oh, actually my, you know, my future stepmom actually does care about me. And my little new stepbrother actually does be playing with me because he actually likes, you know, kind of things like that. And it's, and they kind of over time and they're helping out the neighbors and rescuing the kittens and helping, you know, and it kind of, I mean, it's quite a short movie. I think it's what, um, it's like an, an hour, hour and a half, half. an hour yeah. and a half. 
if you hadn't said this was a Disney Disney Channel original movie, you could have said this was a Hallmark or. I think they could have even just released it straight onto Disney Plus as an original, and I think it would have been perfectly fine. It's a nice, easygoing, family-friendly movie. I think the whole family can sit there and watch it. It's, you know, I think par- I think adults can watch it and kind of be like, "Cool." There's nothing too too mad with it. Um, there's some fun moments in it, and I was like, I kind of watched it. Yeah, that was nice. I've got, and again, I was like. Other than like you know, there wasn't a lot of special effects. Fine, they did it. They covered that fine. I kind of let it. Went, There's nothing wrong with this. It was exactly. I had no expectations. I it went in completely like it's a Disney Channel original movie, so it's not going to be very good. No, um, I think it was. I do think it was more. I enjoyed this more than Under Wraps, and um, what was the other one? I haven't watched Spin yet, but the, yeah, I thought this was a nice, solid Christmas movie. What about you? Yeah, no, this this is the movie I was referencing when uh, we were talking about safe movies uh, and shows earlier uh, during the Turner and Hooch bit. Um, this movie is entirely safe. You, you can probably predict the entire plot arc right from the beginning. Uh, you know, this is going to happen, and then she's going to spend her time, like, doing all the things she couldn't do, and then she's going to have, like, a... Um, going to try to get the parents together and then and then she's going to have the realization and and now she's going to start yeah. helping people and so on you can you can track the entire thing yeah um but that's fine it's a christmas movie you're not really looking to be challenged in a christmas movie you want them to be to have the happy little jingle bells at the end mm-hmm. and that's what this provides it hallmark movie is 100 accurate description uh this is another i was perfectly fine watching it. I will never watch it again, uh, but mm-hmm. for entirely different reasons than, than the last duel. Um, yeah. It's fine. If you're looking for a, a safe little Christmas movie that you can throw on this year, uh, when you know if you're going to have a family gathering or, heck, even if you just need background noise while you're doing your Christmas stuff, this is fine. I would do this over Home Sweet Home Alone. I was uh, literally about to say this. I, it's I, like, you I didn't even make it. In that direction. It's like, uh, yeah. If you wanna if you wanna see a home alone one, go with the original, skip the new one. And if you want something you haven't seen before, go with this one instead. Yeah. Yeah, no, no a really nice movie. I'm really can't stress yeah. that enough of this. That's a nice, nice, it, easy go to it, it is not by any stretch of the imagination a movie that you're gonna be going like every year. This is our Christmas tradition. We are gonna watch Christmas again, uh, on loop, Groundhog Day style. Yeah. Uh but for this year, and maybe you know, if you need some space filler in coming years, it'll be perfectly fine for that. Yeah, nice, 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 easygoing Christmas movie. Um, let's shift now over to um, another new episode of Dope Sick, which dropped this week here. Um, again, a fantastic series. Me and my wife are just hooked like on a Wednesday when this episode dropped. This is what we watch on Wednesday nights. Um, this episode, uh, it was just over an hour. It was quite a, you know, there all these episodes, dude, you know, they're just not, not, they're about an hour long. So they're not, it's kind of quite strange when you look at 65 minutes for an episode. It's actually longer than Diary of a Wimpy Kid. This one was all about really kind of the... It's quite weird seeing uh, Michael Keaton. He's gone full into, like, addiction mode, and he you know, he ends up going into a, um, a addiction clinic. And the fact that he gets in the, the um, Will, the, the guy that plays the... Uh, salesman literally you know he's like bearing his soul to him about you know feeling so guilty and not feeling right and then he's like and then michael just turns him at the end and kind of goes so have you got any pills and it was just like oh he's he's still there it's not and it was it was heartbreaking i mean i and then 
you know that you know you got the whole thing going on with the pharmaceutical company with them like trying to take over and kick out the, the it's just such an incredible series um i'm really enjoy it's as i said such a different tone i'm really enjoying this one um and yeah. i yeah because it's a great show yeah now as i mentioned last week i've already seen the entire series because yeah. I, I didn't think we were going to talk yeah. about it because i knew what how weird the uk yeah. release schedule was um and it was it literally ended up being like i watched an episode and like Oh man, I have to see what's going on next. I'm then... not, yeah, I'm not being funny, but I think if I had access to them all, I probably would very likely to binge because I'm really enjoying this series, yeah. um, which is good. And I think that's ultimately when you know you're into a good series, and when it when the when it credits hit, and you're like, oh, no, no, wait a week, yeah, you know, I... that's good. Uh, our viewers here, if you've been listening long enough, you know yeah. I, I don't binge things. I have my own binge style. This is the closest to binging I've gotten on a show probably in the last two years. I, mm. It still took me like three days because I, I can't do a, you know the <laughs> the teenage style watch yeah. uh, 24 hour long episodes in a single day kind of deal. But uh, me watching this entire series over three days is quite telling of how addictive the show is, pun intended. Um, that said, it's all blended together to me, so I don't know exactly where you are in the plot. Um, yeah. But I did want to point out, you mentioned Michael Keaton. Yeah. It, I can see why they put him in this role. Uh, he, the transition of that character from the nice, kindly yeah. local town doctor who's just trying to do his best yeah. to the drug addict to that one scene you were talking about with him and, and the drug dealers, like this is why you put an a-class actor in this role because yeah. they, they could have screwed this up so badly with a bad actor and keaton just nailed it yeah just just a great one there um okay so now i talk about an entirely different series i'm also um which is uh what was it it's welcome uh, welcome to earth which is Obviously, for you, it's, this one's coming out on next week. So this one's going to be out on Wednesday. So you're going to be getting all of the episodes all at once. So I have seen all of them. Um, there's six episodes. And sees Will Smith going around the world to some amazing places. He goes up to, like, um, Iceland and does some kayaking. And he sees some waterfalls. He heads up to um, some active volcanoes. And there's lava flowing and rocks and all kinds of stuff. And he's up there with this... Um, amazing guy who's an explorer but he's blind so they're like feeling it through him um they've also got him and he's going like deep underwater in a, in a um like a just a submarine kind of thing and they're seeing life underneath and then he's going on a safari and seeing animals at night and will smith is definitely comes across as um and comes across really well in this but very honest and open you know he's really pushing himself there's a lot of stuff in here like he, he said like um, you know, I've, you know, he, I've never to camps. I've never done, I think because he got into obviously in Fresh Prince when he was like still a teenager, he never really got to experience a lot of stuff. Um, you know, he was automatically kind of become a big celebrity. So he's missiles. So he's a lot of stuff in this one here. And he's really you know, like quite shocked with it. He's quite in some way timid when, you know, things get a bit scary. What he kind of wants to go, you know, he doesn't just like, whoa, 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 no, I, I don't like this. So I want to go kind of thing. And really pleasant. A real nice, pleasant show. I'm going to come at this a slightly different angle. And it was a little bit, I had a little bit of like nostalgia about this because a lot of the stuff that he'd done, I have done something similar. I have been to um, active volcanoes in Guatemala and climbed an active volcano and had, you know, you know your legs, your feet, are, you know, you're burning from the lava and your trainers are burning and you're cooking marshmallows on, on lava and you've got to watch out for this stuff. I've been kayaking. 
I've been to the waterfalls in Iceland. I've been out on a safari and camped out in the in the um, Serengeti. I've you know I've scuba dived and and it was and, and, and you know he went shark diving. You know I've done that in in places as well. So a lot of this stuff for me wasn't so much a case of going. Wow, I'd never do that. My wife would watch us and go, it's crazy. I'm not doing any of that stuff. Well, for me, I'm like, well, I've actually done most of this. <laughs> so I, I, and I feel like that changes my view of it because I'm not looking at it and then they're going, man, he's so brave and he's like, you know, he's really, it's like, yeah, he's doing some stuff which I would never be able to do because he's got a lot more money and he's able to do it at a different level than I was. But I looked at this a little bit like, yeah, he's really exploring the world, and it's like I and I can completely and I can understand his feelings. Like, and I was getting flashbacks to when I did something similar, and so I kind of like I said I feel like I in some ways had a, a very different view than most people watching this because you know most people wouldn't have those kind of experiences. And you know, this is the kind of thing of if you like people, you know, if you like following a celebrity doing crazy stuff, and you enjoy travel documentaries, this is up your and this is for me was like. Tick, 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 tick. I, you know, I love Will Smith. I've loved him in pretty much everything he's ever been in. You know, for me, it's like Will Smith, I'm in. That's that's usually my, you know, I'm I'm at that point now where I know what I'm going to get, and I like, you know, I like him. I enjoyed it. I mean, I personally would prefer them to have stretched out the episodes a little bit. I do think I I did get to the point of like thinking about that episode four, and all right, I'm going to stop. I'll come back tomorrow and watch it because I was like, I'm getting a little bit. They were blurring into each other. Which is what happens when you binge anything, but this is a kind of show where it kind of does do that. Um, so I would definitely recommend breaking up. Maybe watch, you know, if you'd like it, watch two episodes and then watch another two episodes, and you know, don't try and do them all back to back. But a really, really great series. This is again a very well made, a very, very well. I mean, it looks beautiful. The the photography is amazing. This is a high end. National Geographic documentary. You know, this probably would have been on National Geographic. Actually, I don't even know if they would have put it on, on National Geographic because I don't think they would have spent the money on Will Smith to do it. You know, like Disney Plus giving them extra fight. This is a this is a great show for Disney Plus. This is a top end show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Um, I definitely perked up when you said Iceland. Uh, I I will always sing the praises of visiting Iceland. I've been there a couple of times. Mm -hmm. uh, Whenever my friends are like, "Oh, we're going, we're, we're gonna, we're planning a trip over to to Europe," I'm like, "Fly Iceland Air, stop in Reykjavik, do take advantage of their overnight layover where you can go to like the the Blue Spring Spa, uh, whatever." This yeah, is. oh, it's beautiful there. Blue Lagoon, beautiful. sorry. Yeah, uh, the, the spa and stuff. Take advantage of it, do it, and and nobody who's done it has ever been like, "Oh, that was a terrible idea." Like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I've been, yeah, I've been saying for years, I want to take my wife, but and so she can see it. But I want to, I went and saw it, and it was under so much snow. So it'd be different in the rocks and stuff, but again, it's just that it's so rugged. And I, and again, it's it's just I, as someone that loves travel, you know, I got like trips and stuff planned for next year. Hopefully, if all goes well, you know, and it, this just like just feeds that that travel lust in me. That I and it, yeah, this is the kind of show. This is, I mean, this is far superior to like Rogue Trip or anything like. This is a different league. You know, this is top end. You know, when you got Will Smith in there, this is this is a great show. I can't phrase it enough. And admittedly, when they first announced this and Limitless, the the Chris Hemsworth one, I was like, yeah, this one doesn't sound super amazing, and the Hemsworth one sounds a lot more interesting. But now, having seen the trailers for both, obviously not yeah. having seen the shows, I'm like, no, no, I got it backwards. This one looks like the let's do the adventurous spirit, and the and the Limitless one, like, I'm not super into people pushing bodies to their limits, though I'm still looking forward to it. I'm like, yeah, the um, and also like the diving one where he goes down 
Um, that that was great. It's just it's just a great series. Really recommend this one when it drops on Wednesday on Disney Plus. So definitely keep an eye out for it. And obviously, I'll ask for if you want. I mean, I'm not expect you to watch all of them next week. <laughs> It's your new banner Disney Plus, and I definitely will watch this. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so that that one's that one's pretty cool. Okay, so now let's. Uh, did you watch anything else on Disney Plus this week? Um, I did some back catalog items. I've, I'm actually trying to finish off uh, Ducktales season three, the new season yeah. uh, or the new series. So it's obviously done now. Uh, Ducktales season three, man, this is on a different level. Uh, I, I won't go into it. Obviously, it's been out for a while. DuckTales season one and two were were good, especially when they did nostalgia episodes like Darkwing Duck and, and things like that. Season three is on a whole nother level. This this show is fantastic. If you've got any nostalgia for like the Disney afternoon collection here in, in the States with uh, Darkwing Duck and uh, Tailspin and things like this, you need to watch this season of, of DuckTales season three. It's fantastic. Yeah, I, I'll be honest, I, I think I, I just just not got involved with that. I, I've been kind of binge watching a lot of How I Met Your Mother and Seinfeld on Netflix, but obviously as well with things like, you know, a couple of movies to watch and um, the Will Smith one and Hawkeye. <laughs> it's just been a, been a lot of stuff this week. Um, okay, so let's now shift over to the big one, to Hawkeye. Um, the good thing as well, it's been, what, four or five days since it came out, so we're going to be going full spoiler. So we'll be going into, into the full not, spoiler zone. Not just full spoiler, but full speculation, though, too. There's a lot yeah. in this one. Yeah, so it's going to be... Um, so what did you think of this episode? I really liked this episode. This is this might actually be my favorite individual Marvel series episode of the Netflix shows so far, um, mostly because of the action scene. Uh, you know, the, it, it starts in the, the warehouse, uh, the KB Toys warehouse. That yeah. was, a, that was a, a nice throwback, actually. Um, and... And then into the car chase. Normally, I don't really like car chases. I find them pretty boring. Yeah. Uh, this one was pretty entertaining, even if the CGI was was rough. Really it's rough. funny as well because I thought with that race when I saw the extended clip on Disney Plus, there I was like, oh, this doesn't look that great. I'm not like, but when I actually watched the actual full thing, I'm like, ah, this is good. I like what they're doing. And I mean, I mean, the whole thing with the wet with the different arrows was mm -hmm. genius. It really like what I felt at that point was. It brought it back into the MCU. It like it made it. It's like oh, you made it back into like oh no, he has actually got access to stuff that um, most people wouldn't. I mean that that USB arrow is is amazing, um, but like the gooey one. I mean it looked a bit funny with the CGI, but it's like and like the such one. But then obviously the Hank Pym one. I mean that was just fantastic, and that always does get me like Disney Plus can't show you know any violence, and you can sh have an entire fan explode after having a massive arrow blast into it but i thought that was great and i love her her reaction to it like of you know feeling into it. I, I just that house and i think as well like you say it was a really good episode because it was full of action and it, it you know it's like we've done this we've done the establishing stuff and now we can actually get to the fact that the two of them can they're up they're very well good at you know they're excellent archers and they can fight you know that we've done that we know who they are We've established everything, and yeah, it just worked. Worked really. I really enjoyed this one. So that action scene was great, but they also did a really good job with the sound in this episode. Because obviously, oh. uh, we'll talk about Maya in a second, but she she's mostly deaf or entirely deaf. Clint obviously has the the hearing aid now, so he he can be deaf at certain points, and they they played with that a lot. Um, and it could have been very cringy. It could have been very oh you're pandering or, or things like that. But they did it really well. And then they also used it for that great character moment between 
uh, the two Hawkeyes where where he can't hear what she's saying, but they end up saying the same thing. <laughs> the wavelength is the same. Yeah. Again, it could have been a really corny scene, but they did such a good job with it. it reminded me of that episode of Only Murders in the Building where it was mm-hmm. oh, the whole death. But I think this works better. This is what we said when that episode came out. I preferred the way that Hawkeye did it, where you suddenly flip the audio to it's from their point of view, and then you flip it back when it's... it's so it brings you into it, so you hear what Hawkeye, everything's muffled and he's not hearing stuff properly. They kind of think like, well, is he deaf in one ear or both ears? Because that was the, at first I thought it was one ear. And then it was like, in this episode, I was like, no, actually he's, he's fully like sliding into deafness. And it was um, very hard. And then the relationship between them was just, you, they were gone. They were like, you know, they were like best buddies for years then. You know, they just were bouncing off each other. They had faith, you know, Hawkeye had full faith in her skills. You know, there was no, I mean, kind of funny, really, because I don't think he'd actually seen a shooting arrow. <laughs> no, that was that was a really good scene too, where where after the chase, he just sits down. He's like, "Yeah, actually, you're a really good archer. Just yeah. not making a huge deal out of it. Just kind of going, yeah." And to and obviously for her, who who idolizes yeah. Hawkeye, just like this is the greatest compliment in the world. But it's a really nice scene. They don't overplay it, and they and they don't just kind of like throw it away. Yeah, it's again just um, just really enjoyable. Really enjoyed this episode a lot. Um, obviously we had Maya. We had her introduction. Um, again, making that kind of thing of like, you know, she's she's a she's a villain because obviously she's criminal. But they show up on this side from her point of view, which makes you know Ronan obviously is the bad guy, and you know he kills his father, and you know she's involved in crime, but it's kind of positioned in that thing of you know she's not really that's just like her family in the way it is and she has to make do to kind of get by i thought that was good i think they showed because does she have any superpowers because in this one it didn't seem like she had any superpowers it's just no, the ability uh, to read people no she has the daredevil style power yeah. just instead of not being able to see and having like a radar sense uh because she can't hear she she just is acutely aware with her visual senses she can read body language she can yeah. she knows what you're going to do before you do it that's why she's a good fighter. but obviously like but she has no superpower other than that yeah because obviously daredevil got like he did get like liquid and got some yeah, superpower kind of yeah the, the uh the always useful 1950s marvel uh radiation <laughs> that gives you anything you know um yeah and this is why she's normally a, a daredevil yeah. villain obviously is uh you know you've got the guy who can't see fighting the girl who can't hear uh, yeah. you know compare contrast etc classic comic book yeah um so two things first uh her father uh it, not not much to say about the character yeah. but it was nice to see the actor because we just saw him over in reservation dogs yeah. uh and this is a completely different role but he was great in both of them yeah yeah i think that one worked great i mean and obviously as well we have to talk about it just a little tap on the shoulder uncle and references to him and so i mean the minute the hand came in i'm just like that's kingpin and and the breathy voice i mean you can't immediately tell if it's um vincent or not yeah uh you know the the guy who played daredevil in or sorry played kingpin in daredevil but they're definitely leaning into it and and they're definitely going hey you know who this is don't you and and of course it's great and this is, of course, also why she's still in crime. Um, yeah. If if Kingpin is pulling the strings, or or their Kingpin substitute will will allow that it, it might not be Kingpin in the same way that Mephisto was not in Wandavision. Um, 
if it is Kingpin or a Kingpin analog, this is why she's still in crime because she was raised by this character. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just, I just thought it was, I mean, instantly like, oh, they go in there. Because, I mean, it just makes sense. Because he, I mean, also, I mean, I'm really hoping they do bring back the actor. Um, he did actually even tweet himself on the day the episode came out, being on Main Street USA, I think in Disneyland, kind of real like a hint of like, look, I'm in Disney kind of thing. Um, this, I mean, I think everyone was like, you know, because Daredevil was such a great series. You know, we've had lots of rumors of Kingpin being in the series. We've had lots of rumors about Daredevil being in She-Hulk and the Spider-Man movie. This will just tie up perfectly. And also, in some way, with the blip, they've kind of got a way of like they can make him a bit bigger, they can change make some changes because he's now, you know, an older kingpin. You know, they could do it that way around. Um, so more years have passed since since that time. And you can really do it two ways with Kingpin if if you include the mm -hmm. blip. You can either have he was blipped out and there was like a power struggle and he comes back and, and now he's he's regaining the power, or if he didn't get blipped and there's this huge chaos going around in the world, he could have really solidified power with all this vacuum that was created. See, I think it went with that because the fact that he was talking about, like Hawkeye was talking about, mm. yeah, someone was this, someone was running the place, and yeah, it would, no, it, I, I think... it, it would allow them a way of like kind of rebooting him a little bit because obviously times moved on. I mean, I love the Daredevil series. I mean, he was such the... I mean, I always loved the Kingpin, even back in the animated Spider-Man cartoon. Because I always put him... Because of that cartoon, I always put him as a Spider-Man villain. He was always like... He was the guy that ran all the villains. He was the villain. <laughs> and obviously, in, like, in Marvel, in the, in, it's, it's generally been more like Daredevil. Yeah, and this is how you know uh, one of the characters is really successful in Marvel. J just sticking straight strictly to the comics. When a villain starts appearing in other people's books and becoming major characters in other people's story arcs, you know that villain has made it. And Kingpin is definitely one of those because he he was originally just very much a, a daredevil. And they're like, no, we got a lot of potential with this. Bring Spider-Man into it. Bring some of the other street-level heroes into it. And, and he became well, a really big deal. I mean, you look at, like, the Green Goblin and Sandman, and they're always associated with Spider-Man. You don't tend to have... You don't, you're not going to be watching a Fantastic Four movie and... You know, Venom turns up. You know, but Kingpin kind of has been able to like stretch out and like he's in the whole of New York. He's you know he could turn up in Luke Cage. He could turn up in anything because he's in New York. And I, I'm just well, the thing is now is we're in that we it's got that teeth into us. I think where we're like this is what we want. And obviously we're waiting on a, the end is going to be making an appearance in the series as well. I think there was a little bit of a clip in a, a trailer. Not that I've watched any more trailers at no, all. No, that, that is. That's totally ghost, uh, ghost monkey or whatever it is. Yeah. Spider-Man, <laughs> far from home. But it's not, it's not Yelena. I don't know what you're talking about. It's you know, it's just like now we're like, oh, there's something juicy coming, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, we're halfway through Hawkeye. I mean, we're, it's like we're already, yeah, no, but but uh, but that's part of the thing though. You know, we're halfway through, but the pacing in this has felt really well done like it it doesn't feel like we're behind in the series like yeah uh, we, we need to know more about what's going on no it, we feel like we're at the place we should be at this and and even the best parts of loki and wandavision and such there were definitely instances where like okay they're stretching this out because covid kind of screwed them up or uh they needed to fill in between this plot point and that plot point and how to get to him and and 
for the most part, things in Hawkeye have really just moved organically. They've done a really good job stitching it together. And also, you, you can tell that the rewrites um, came in for COVID. Because if you actually think about it, there's very few scenes with more than like two, three people in. There's, you know, even when they got the, you know, the, the tracksuit mafia, they're all spread out and there's less of them. But generally, and there's a lot of outdoor scenes as well and all the rest of it. But because I think they were able to plan for that with this one, because obviously like with WandaVision and Loki, they kind of had to shift halfway through. But with Hawkeye, you definitely feel like, okay, yeah, no, they knew what they were doing with this one a little bit more. Um, but it, it actually, you forget about it because it doesn't matter because it's, you've got great characters and just having conversations. And that's where, where I feel like the Disney Plus series really allow for that extra, extra time. I mean, that's the thing is with a lot of these COVID era produced shows, the real question is, can I notice it is a COVID produced show? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to rag a little on the CW here, but like this, the, the last season of Flash, not the one that's airing right now, which I haven't watched at all. You could really tell it was a COVID show. Everyone was like 10 feet apart. Uh, you know, they were using a lot of same actors for multiple roles kind of thing. Yeah. Like, all right, I can see this, but like, and, and then, all right, to rag on Disney a little, you could see it in Mighty Ducks. You could see it in uh, even Big Shot, like when they got rid of crowds for the basketball yeah. games, you know, things like that. <laughs> and like um, Mysterious uh, Benedict, like every scene like took place in the garden. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, and, and at least the Mysterious Benedict Society, you can, it, it fits the aesthetic for everybody yeah. to be split out. And you're just like, yeah, it, it's, it's a weird show. Weird things happen. Yeah. But Hawkeye, yeah, you, it's never really at the forefront of your mind that, uh, yeah, the, the tracksuit mafia guys, they're all conspicuously standing six feet apart in the factory, you know, things like that. It They do a very good job with it. Yeah, no, very good. I'm, again, totally in. I'm really enjoying the series. Um, this this week's episode, like, just, I think, took it from, like, into that next level. And I think, again, it's that anticipation. You know, they know they've got, they've got us, you know, you know, if you're bringing in Hawkeye, you know, if you're bringing in Kingpin, and obviously we've got an Echo series. We know that's coming. You know, it's been officially announced. We know there's going to be a spin-off. So we might not necessarily see much of Echo and Kingpin, like, coming to blows. There might be... I don't know how they're going to be able to turn that in in like, two episodes, but it would actually make more sense. Oh, no, they can stretch out because they know they've got the whole season for that. I, I would suspect, and this is just pure speculation, that... Um, they're not going to have her turn on Kingpin here, but they might plant the seeds. Like like mm. Hawkeye, one of them will will plant the seeds that will lead into her show, where she she kind of questions what her life is and and what yeah. Kingpin or pseudo Kingpin's role in it is. Um, and speaking of Kingpin, I'm going to throw in one last bit. This is uh, a trivia bit that I think some people caught and some people didn't. At the very end, they're talking about um, Shane. Uh, international or, or Shane, uh, this person that comes up in the, mm. in the uh, reference file. Uh, Shane is a reference to Alchemex, uh, which, if you may remember, was the big villain company of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse that is owned by Kingpin. Just, yeah. you know, to put a little fuel on that fire for you guys. Well, also, I mean, also brought the point as well. The Netflix show... What's three years since it got cancelled? They're allowed to use the characters after two years. They can use them. And why not integrate them into your other stuff while you sort out what you're doing with... And also, I don't necessarily think the multiverse. I mean, there's, there's always that kind of weird thing, because I always felt like 
the Daredevil universe was part of the MCU anyway, because they made references to the event in New York. They made references to Spider-Man, but it was own separate thing. I mean, there was um, references in Cloak and Dagger about, like, you know, Luke Cage and all the rest. And it's like, oh, it's not part. It's like, well, guys, it, you, you did. You did make it part of the MCU. And, I, and it's the same thing with, you know, Agents of like, No, you did. I know you're trying to wriggle out of it. Yeah, you can, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., once they go off the different time zones, you can kind of say, okay, it's all changed. But, you know, you started off referencing the fact that the, something happened in New York. Um, you can't go back from that. And so, we, the, he's, as far as I'm concerned, he's in it. But, um, yeah. I, I, I have always considered the Netflix shows part of it. I know that there was a lot of debate when Disney started bringing their shows over to Disney Plus, and and there's still debate. People are still like, are are they just going to write them out? I really hope they don't. Um, honestly, I think it would be the wrong move. And if this is Vincent uh, here, and if we've got Matt Murdock over in yeah. uh, um, in Spider Man or She Hulk or any of the other shows, uh, that would be fantastic. I, I'm 100% behind that. Uh, yeah, and then bring them back in, and it may be two years' time when they can go a little bit more extreme. Yeah, I, I, I really <laughs> hope. They, and if they need to, they can drop some yeah. of the characters, like because contracts uh, are yeah. up, or, or maybe some of the guys don't want to come back. Just recast them. You you know, you... Or you can do a lot of the characters have younger generation versions, just like Hawkeye does here. Uh, now, I know Luke Cage uh, in the comics passed on the mantle of Power Man to somebody else. Uh, Jessica Jones is still running around, but Iron Fist has also changed hands a number of times. Uh, pun intended on that one. Uh, they can do it, and but some of those those casts were so perfectly done, it would be really I mean, Luke, tough Luke to see. Cage was, he was so great, and also uh, Jessica Jones, she was fantastic. Uh, uh, yeah, Paris Ritter D, yeah. was fantastic. Uh, she was she was amazing. I I wouldn't want them to bring back Purple Man because. Uh, because he, he's very definitively dead, but Mantenet was—he was amazing. Amazing. He's—he's he's one of the best villains in the MCU period. All the movies, all the shows, he was amazing. And not only that, Tenet's just great anyway. But in, in general, I, I will give him that. Tenet is. Yeah. I, I would watch him read the dictionary. Honestly, he. he you can watch him watch Jack and Norway. There we go. Right on that note. Um, thank you very much for joining us this week. We'll be back next week and where we go through all of the Disney Plus news and all the new um, content. On that note, guys, thank you very much for joining us. Again, thank you. Um, go check us out over at whatsondisneyplus.com. You can like, follow, and subscribe. Again, a big thank you to all of our supporters. And also make sure you go and vote in our end-of-year awards. On that note, guys, thank you very much. See you guys soon. Bye, guys. I'd like to thank all of our Patreon and YouTube channel members for their support. You can become a member from as little as $2 a month and you get access to our weekly Q&A and much more.